Greetings and welcome to the African Spirit Reintegrated and Reimagined. I am Asani, owner of Asani Coaching Services, and in this episode, I will be discussing feeding the spirits, sacrifices, offerings, and ritual work. What is it all about, guys? So I've said this in many of my other podcast episodes, as well as in other forums like blogs or what have you, YouTube videos, etc. When I talk about the notion of feeding the spirits, that there is nothing in the spirit realm that is free. That's how we approach traditional spiritual practices, whether it be on the continent, derived from the continent, or practice in other contexts, people from indigenous cultures absolutely understand the dichotomy of giving and receiving when it comes to spiritual work. This concept is not the same thing that we see in Abrahamic religions like Christianity, Islam, etc. Though sacrifices are absolutely part of those religions, we don't tend to see them practiced in the same way as they used to be. And even more so, you definitely don't see regular ritual work, whether it be in the form of an animal sacrifice or a different type of offering. Um, but the concepts are underlying and pretty much the same, right? So in Christianity, you will also see offerings being given, but they're, you know, tithes and offerings, which i.e. means money. So you're giving your energy in essence in a different way when you give your tithes and offerings and you give those to a church in the case of Christianity or a temple in the case of um, like the Jewish religions and a mosque in the case of Islam, etc., etc. Whatever the edifice is referred to in that particular tradition, you are giving it to that particular organization so that that edifice can remain running. And you don't necessarily see the direct fruits of what you give in the same way as you do when you practice within ATR which is the aspect of ATR, African traditional religion, that I absolutely love, right? So I love to see that what I am giving, the money that I pay for any ritual work or even the ritual work that I do on my own, I can see that directly linked to my own spiritual growth and development or the spiritual growth and development of my family versus just giving it out to someone. So the notion is the same when you look at the undercurrent of what's really going on when we talk about sacrifice offerings and ritual work in pretty much any religious system, we just tend to look at it a little bit differently, right? Because there isn't anything in the spiritual realm that is free. So even in Christianity, you know, Islam or what other system, whatever other system that you practice that requires some form of offerings, you're still giving those just in a different way. And as I just said, you don't see it so much on an individual level in those types of practices. But coming back to the conversation about spiritism, African spiritual traditional systems, wow, we do sacrificial work all the time. Feeding the spirits is at the core of any African spiritual based system, regardless of what type of spirit you're referring to. Most often when we say feeding the spirits um, in connection with you know sacrifices in particular, we are referring to Orishas, Luwag, Hudan, um, Egbe Arun, 
the spirits that tend to operate at a higher level, as I spoke about in a previous episode when I talk about talked about the hierarchy of deities in African spiritual systems. We also feed our ancestors. We can and we should be feeding our ancestors. We don't tend to feed them on a regular basis with sacrifices. That is blood, so to speak. Because when we talk about sacrifices in African spiritual systems, we are referring to the notion of giving blood at some level. Now, typically this is going to be the blood from an animal, all right? Um, There is some research and some evidence that people did used to do human sacrifices in these practices. I wasn't there, so I'm not going to speak on that notion, but I have um, read literature that suggests that this used to happen, right? And so that is a part of a blood sacrifice. But nowadays, we focus more so on sacrificing animals. And this particular conversation is not about the ethics of animal sacrifice. So that's a completely different conversation. If you are against animal sacrifice, I will tell you right now that true or authentic African spiritual traditional systems are not for you whatsoever. This is not something that you need to come in if you want to practice the system from an authentic perspective. Now, there are some individuals who are hardcore vegans and they are vegans because they do not believe in animal cruelty versus being vegan for health reasons and in those cases they have chosen to practice african um traditional religions but with a different spin on it whereas they won't sacrifice animals or they won't participate in any type of animal sacrifice ritual work or ceremony because they don't believe in killing animals And you can do that. I'm just simply saying that is not true, authentic um, spirituality because the spirits ask for what the spirits ask for. So if you get a reading performed and the spirit asks for an animal sacrifice and you choose to use something in its place, then you are not really giving the spirit what it asked for. Yes, there are always ways that we can do things alternatively if certain things aren't available. But in that particular case, you would exchange an animal for a different animal. It wouldn't be, let's say, for instance, that if you are asked for, you know, a a chicken in a particular instance. Let's say that uh, Papa Legba or SU asked for a chicken. And you decide that you want to give a soybean alternative to that. No, that is not appropriate at all. So in the case where a chicken is not available, another animal may suffice in that particular instance. But that spirit would still want blood in that particular instance, not a plant-based alternative. That's not the way this goes. That's not tradition. Right. So when we talk about tradition, we're talking about going back to the ways that our ancestors used to practice. Yes, there are certain components of our tradition that has to be modernized just because of the way we live in today's society. But 
when we talk about the core, the basis of tradition, those are things that don't have to change. Animals are readily available. In fact, they're more so available now with mass production of animals than they were during our ancestors' time. So there's no excuse to change this particular component. As I said before, depending on where you are, yes, you may have to change certain um, things based on what is available to you, right? So if the spirits typically would ask for certain animals that are predominant in a certain part of the world, but let's say you're practicing in a different region of the world where a particular animal isn't even available, then you can substitute that animal for something that is equivalent to it right in, in in another system so for an example with the chicken you may um do a poultry alternative some other form of poultry in its place but you are not going to give a plant-based alternative in that particular instance okay so animal sacrifices are an absolute prominent part of the work that's one of the main ways that we feed the spirits one of the reasons that blood is used most often in sacrifices, especially to higher level spirits like Orishas and Duwai, Budan, etc., is because blood is connected to the vital life force. It's that thing that we need to live. So basically, when you kill an animal, you are giving that animal's life force in place of whatever you need, whether it's healing in your physical body, whether it's financial wherewithal where you need to recover or recoup your financial well-being whether it's to deal with you atoning for some type of shortcoming that you engaged in right we use that animal that vital life force from that animal in our place as a sacrifice in that particular instance we likewise use blood because it is one of the quickest and the easiest ways to connect with the spirits to get them to come down to our level to our realm to interact with us and to do so much faster than would normally be done if we did not participate in the process of that animal sacrifice the blood again is what's the most important. You will find that the animal always corresponds to the spirit in which it's being requested from. So each spirit has its own preferences. These things have been determined years ago by our ancestors and we basically operate within these systems based on the country or the region that we work within, as I stated before. Likewise, the animal will correspond, the size of the animal that is, will correspond to your request or what's going on with you. You will find that when you have major issues, larger problems, especially when you deal with things like curses and um, hexes and things like that, oftentimes larger animals will be used because we need more blood in that particular instance for normal you know regular general readings or what have you especially if you practice in a system like ifa where it is very common for you to get readings on a regular basis every 11 to 17 days or so those readings are typically general in nature you're just seeing what's going on with your life any messages that are coming through from the spirit realm 
so that you can strategize properly and make your life the way that you want it to be. However, if you come to a system wanting a reading about something in particular, and especially on the level of a curse or somebody has done something to you, or it could be a generational curse from your bloodline, you will tend to sacrifice a much larger animal. I see this all the time because I work with people with getting readings through the EFA system. Um, and I used to work with people getting readings through the Haitian voodoo system. So I've been able to see what types of animals and sacrifices are needed in specific situations, not just my own personal interaction with the system because I do get you know readings quite often for myself and so I do see that on a you know regular basis however I also get an opportunity to have a completely perspective or viewpoint because I do work with people through these systems and helping them getting readings in that regard again Animal sacrifices are part of the practice. They are a mainstay and they are usually going to be the primary type of sacrifices that you will see. Offerings are another part of feeding the spirit. So offerings are basically considered to be anything that is not blood based in origin. And even let me go back to the conversation about um, blood sacrifices. So. When you're working with ancestral spirits, this is not something that the average person um, would just give to their ancestors, blood I mean. Typically, you are going to give offerings to your ancestors on a regular basis, but not blood in and of itself. There are ways to give blood, blood to your um, ancestors. and. I personally would do this through a priest. I actually do this once a year where I will do a blood sacrifice to my ancestors, um, you know, based on what they need or what have you in order to call them forth and to help them elevate and get the things that they need to advance on their end so that they can assist me in advancing on my end. However, I um, don't do blood sacrifices to my ancestors on my own. I don't do any type of blood sacrifice on my own. I always leave that up to my priest because he is much more capable of dealing with animal sacrifices than I am. Because this type of work is typically done in a temple at a shrine that's dedicated to that particular energy or deity. This is not something that I recommend anybody going out and doing in their backyard, for instance, unless you operate on a farm and you are used to working with animals and so forth. Even then, there are certain ways that you do it. So, you know, when you, when you deal with animal sacrifices, you're not just going out and just, you know, killing an animal any old type of way. There are sacred rites and rituals attached to this process. And so we make sure that we do this in a very humane way. And it is not based on somebody petitioning, saying that we need to do it this way. This has always been done. Understand that you're exchanging life force for life force. Therefore, you absolutely want to treat that life force that you are sacrificing with the utmost respect and dignity because it is even taking your place. 
for me personally, anytime a priest does an animal sacrifice on my behalf, I always give thanks and praise for the spirit of that animal um, being used in my stead to do whatever needs to be done in that particular instance, whether it's for, you know, healing me, whether it's for just helping me out in whatever aspect of my life, uh, removing any type of evil spirits or negative people from around me, etc., etc. So I like to give thanks and praise. I like to say my own prayer, but my priest likewise says a prayer in the process because that's just normally part of the process and one last thing before i transition back to the topic about offerings with animal sacrifice keep in mind that most often the animals that are sacrificed for ritual work within an atr they are absolutely eaten they are cooked and eaten thereafter by the community and or the person that they were sacrificed for this is not something that we do where we just sacrifice animals and just completely discard the carcass without any regard for that life force. So do keep that in mind if you are thinking about practicing within ATR. They're not always eating, right? So if it's a situation where somebody is killing an animal because somebody has been cursed or what have you, you don't want to consume that animal because we're basically sending that curse into that animal whenever we do a sacrifice of that kind so obviously we wouldn't want to consume that on the opposite end of that it is typical for people to consume animals that have been sacrificed for the purpose of bringing blessings into an individual's life right and so basically it's determined whether it's okay or safe to consume the animal through divination this is something that the priest or priestess does once they have um finished or finalized the sacrificial process so this is definitely something that i love to express to people before they start to get into african spirituality if somebody contacts me asking me to connect them with my baba luau for a reading I explain this to them because some people just don't know that this is part of the process. Some people have issues with it and I want you to be fully aware of it before you even travel down that road because it is not something that you should do if you have issues with it because it's going to make you conflicted and ultimately confuse you at the end of the day and I'm all about doing things that you feel good about. If you are practicing within African, you know, spiritual system and it's not meeting your needs, you should stop at the end of the day. There's nothing to say that you have to engage in this process. Even if it's part of your destiny, if you're not in a space where you're not comfortable with this, then you need to slow down, maybe stop for a while and get yourself into that space before you move forward because it's just not a good idea for you to have that sense of confusion or doubt within you whenever you are moving down this path or direction because it is a lot and it's very different than what the average person is used to coming from an abrahamic religious system or maybe even no religions at all let me pause right here for a quick commercial break from one of our sponsors and I will be right back. Mm -hmm. 
So moving forward to the topic of offerings. Offerings can come in many forms. Just like animal sacrifices, they are connected to specific deities. So certain deities like certain sacrifices and offerings. So they ask for specific things. Likewise, though, when it comes to offerings, it's not something that you just decide one day to wake up and say, hey, I want to give Oshun some honey. And I think that that will appease her in order to help her, in order to help me to get, um, whatever i need in my financial situation for instance so if you, you need some money you know your your finances are not doing well and you need a source of finances and you just say hey i'm going to give mother oshun some honey and she's going to make everything better when it comes to my financial situation um it, it's a lot more complicated than that yes mother oshun loves honey but typically you will figure out through divination what you need to give to her in order for her to come through in your situation right um the only way i would recommend you just deciding to give her honey is if you're connected to her through a um a spirit pot or shrine icon or what have you you've established that connection based on what she wants as well because i see this happening quite often so many times with spiritual systems people just kind of read about a spirit and they say i like this spirit and they decide to set up an altar and just start giving things to that spirit and that could be a major waste of time if you do so so coming back to the topic of offerings it could be so many different things and spirits usually ask for a combination of sacrifices and offerings whenever you are giving them things so it could be anything from alcohol fruits different types of fruits palm oil coconut coconut oil olive oil shea butter honey as i just mentioned different types of vegetables eggplants things like that grains flowers etc 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 all right there can be so many different things even coins sometimes or money can be used as offerings usually that's with ancestors people give coins etc etc but different deities will ask for different things when it comes to giving sacrifices and offerings and so as i mentioned before these are things that you want to check out before you just go in and give them and usually this is done through a process of divination it should be for the most part except for ancestral offerings guys you don't need to go and get divination to figure out what to give to your ancestors um yeah, there are some foundational things, some staples that you can and should be given to your ancestors. But in general, ancestors will basically take whatever you give them out of a sincere heart, okay? If you give them things based on, you know, what you felt like they liked or what you knew that they liked or cherished while they were on earth, as long as you're not purposely trying to be offensive, your ancestors are good. Spirits are not like this okay so this is one of the reasons why it's not good to you know just give offerings based on something that you read in a book or off the internet or you hear in a video because you can actually offend a spirit if you give them the wrong thing you can just make a mistake and say you know oh yeah you know i read somewhere that ocean like eggplant for instance and you decide to give Oshun eggplants well that's not normally given to Oshun I've personally never even seen that as part of her offerings um, I've seen eggplants for instance given to mother Oya 
of the um, Yoruba system. And that's even in the diaspora more so. But my point in that conversation is that you can easily make a mistake doing things like that. So you do want to be careful when it comes to giving spirit specific offerings. If you're connected to a spirit, you should know what to give a spirit. And you can even divine in those instances to ask the spirit what they want. Um, whenever you're doing your weekly or bi-weekly sacrifices and offerings or what have you to that particular entity. Now, sacrifices and offerings are not given or done in isolation. They are part of a more global level ritual work or ceremony that we perform whenever we give to our spirits. So typically you're doing a sacrifice or an offering to ask a spirit or a deity for something to manifest in your life. Or you could be giving it just to give thanks to that spirit or entity. In either case, this will be performed within the context of a ritual. So rituals are typically performed at the shrine, as I stated earlier, that's dedicated to that spirit or that entity. So a shrine can be set up in an in a complete temple where you know a babalua or an ianifa or other priest or priestess whatever the name is um, referred to within that particular system wherever they work out of that's where they typically perform their ritual work in these areas because we're doing a whole lot of animal sacrifices and things like that they won't look so great from the offset if you've ever seen a temple or what have you there's a lot of work that goes on so you will see a whole lot of you know blood and you know constituents from different offerings all over the place right and usually the, the animals will come in and clean the place up after so long but at the end of the day this is what those particular areas look like it can be messy at times especially when offering or spiritual work is being performed within them otherwise ritual work can be done at an altar let's say an ancestor altar for instance or if you work within a system like haitian voodoo as i do and if you have an altar that's dedicated to a specific spirit you can likewise do work at that particular spirit's altar within your home or office or wherever you have it set up at and what happens during during the ritual work, people typically say prayers or incantations. They submit requests and supplications. Pretty much the same thing that you would do, you know, from a Christian perspective or, you know, Islamic perspective where you're going to basically pray and talk to the deity and tell that spirit or energy what you want and what you're asking for. So a priest or a priestess would do this for you if they're performing the ritual work. But I always personally believe in also being connected to the work that is being performed for me. So I say my own prayers and incantations whenever any type of work is being performed on my behalf because you know I know also what I need and what I want to manifest in my life so whenever you're doing ritual work that is absolutely part of the process in some cases there are standard prayers pretty much just like reading certain scriptures or surahs etc um that are said in specific instances but likewise 
you would speak from the heart in those particular instances and ask specifically for what you want. Songs are oftentimes, you know, saying throughout the process of ritual work, usually a priest or a priestess would lead in this regard. But if you are doing ritual work on your own, again, you can sing or you can play music in that particular language to a spirit or an, or an entity if you don't know how to speak the language um i do this personally especially whenever i do ritual work for the voodoo system because i don't speak creole and so i and i know a few words or what have you but i don't speak it fluently by any means so i will usually play songs that um specifically target toward those particular deities and i know what the songs are saying because i do have a, a haitian friend who practices voodoo and so he's able to tell me you know what is being stated in those particular songs so he helps me out a great deal with the work that i do in the voodoo system um but in you know same thing with the yoruba system i do learn a little bit more of the Yoruba language and I do know some songs and incantations in that particular language so I sometimes say those just depends on the, the situation in those particular instances however um whenever the priest or priestess is doing this work again they will sing in their native language that's very very important to the dynamic as well um, some other things that may go on within ritual work is meditation. So sometimes you, you can do meditation again on your own if you're doing a ritual work. And sometimes a priest or priestess will do meditative, meditative work depending on the particular nature of the situation, right? Other forms of ritual work include spiritual baths and things like that. Um, candle work even especially if you're practicing within a system like hoodoo where candle work is very prominent any type of folk magic that's that's really common to for people to do candle work as part of a ritual or a ceremony um and things like that so there are other things that do go on within the process that's beyond just giving an animal or giving some um alcohol or you know oil or things like that there's so many different things that can be done and also on a you know going back to that topic of offerings when i say alcohol i'm referring to drinking alcohol so that is another thing that you need to think about too if you have issues with alcohol whether you're against it you just don't drink it, you don't believe in drinking or whether you have problems with alcoholism right so you may have to engage in that process okay you may have to you know spray a spirit or an entity with alcohol or even if you don't spray you may have to give it to that spirit or entity especially if you have like a pot or a shrine dedicated to that entity because they like alcohol so that's something that you will probably have to give on a weekly basis so do be considerate of that if that is an issue for you for whatever reason that it may be and also that being said keep in mind that certain spirits like specific types of alcohol right so you may be giving dry gin to some spirits and rum to other spirits 
it just depends vodka etc etc it just depends on the spirit and what that particular spirit asks for or what that spirit typically accepts so that's the foundation of what i wanted to discuss in this episode is that feeding the spirits is absolutely a prominent part of practicing within an atr this is something or a notion that you really need to get used to if it's something that you are thinking about going into it's a regular part of practice guys right so if even if you're just honoring your ancestors and you don't work with any other spirits or deities you will still need to participate in regular ritual work and regular feeding of your ancestors or even spirit guides some people work with spirit guides you will still need to feed those energies on a consistent basis if you want to maintain a strong connection or a relationship with those particular energies so I'm going to go ahead and close up this episode and likewise close up season one of the African Spirit Reintegrated and Reimagined podcast. I hope the information that I presented throughout this season has been helpful to you. Absolutely stay tuned for season two where I will bring forth a whole new dynamic and new information that will be helpful for your journey into African spirituality. Ashe guys, please have a very beautiful and blessed day and beyond.